morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us online at our sites. And if you're a guest today, just have a great day. Just I pray you feel like you belong. And because you've come today, you're glad that you came today. Happy Father's Day. Make it a great day for all of you who are going to celebrate that. As today, we continue our series called Up. It's the second message in the series. We're taking the summer to look at what is called the Psalms of Ascent in the scriptures. It's Psalms 120 through 134, 15 weeks in these amazing psalms. And we're going to jump right in it today. Are you in a movie mode? Can I, movie mode, anybody in a movie mode? I, I don't have one. But I have a clip of a movie, and I'd like you to answer the question, what is the movie? It's an easy answer. And what is the inspiration behind the song you're about to listen to? A harder answer. Take in the song. The hills are alive with the sound of music, with songs they have sung for a thousand to sing every song it hears. Make your day right away. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love this? What is the movie? <laughs> Sound of Music. That's the easy one. What inspired that song, however? That's harder. You have to go to the scene before. And Maria, Julie Andrews, played that part, is at the Abbey. And uh, the mother, Abbas, is there, and she uses Psalm 121, which is the motivation for that song, to encourage Maria and her new young family to escape the threat of Nazis by looking to the Alps, looking beyond the mountains, and looking to God. And that's what the Von Trapp family actually does. It's Psalm 121, which is what we're going to give our energy to today. little Westwood trivia for those that are newer here. When we started Westwood, we were in the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. And uh, I'll never forget, in that first year, we had a receiving area where we would greet those who were guests. And this family came and introduced themselves to me. But when they stood before me, they stood from the tallest to the shortest. And I said, why do I feel like I'm in the sound of music? And the mother said, well, funny, you should say that. I'm Debbie Larson, and I played Marta in the sound of music. She's been part of our faith journey here. And you know, Marta was the youngest daughter, if you recall, and uh, that beautiful song at the end, and she puts her head on the stair. And I, I could just relive that whole movie. It's so uplifting <laughs> along the way. But Psalm 121 is the inspiration. And my hope is that in this summer, you would reclaim the reading, the praying, and the singing of the Psalms, which has been the practice of God's people from the very beginning. It's what we've done, and quite honestly, we've gotten derailed from the very things that keep us centered in life. So I hope you jumped into it. We're helping you this summer with this guide that is called Up, and it gives you some biblical reflection, a prayer guide each day on the psalm that we're teaching on. And if you came in with it today, I encourage you to take notes. If you're online, you can certainly download this guide, and you can take the teaching notes. Let that be part of your devotional guide. Invest into the psalms. Every day, would you read a psalm or more psalms? Would you sing the psalms? If you know some of the songs that go along with the psalms, you can even Google them. There's so many of them. It's just terrific. 
Last week, I told you, um, gave you a picture at least. If you're on a, a road trip this summer at all, you will likely put together a playlist of your favorite songs. Psalms 120 through 34 is part of the playlist of God's favorite songs for us to know. Jesus sang these songs. I think it's fun to think about Jesus singing. We don't think about Jesus singing very much, but can, could you imagine um, if Jesus found himself in a place where he was singing carpool karaoke with James Corden? And, and just give it, he had that perfect pitch, didn't he? Did he have that perfect pitch? I don't know. I kind of have fun thinking this week about Jesus singing these songs, and we get to sing the very same songs of Jesus. What a gift it is. Let me give some context for Psalm 121 and these particular Psalms of Ascent that we're stepping into. These are travel songs. They're making their way to the top of, 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 of Israel, to the highest point in Palestine, to Jerusalem, to the temple. And it was a long haul for many of them. So there's a travel advisory that you'll find in many of the Psalms. In Psalm 121, it includes the words that, that your foot may not slip. In other words, that you could, in this long journey, trip or sprain an ankle. There's another danger that we're given in the travel advisory, and that is sunstroke that would come from the heat of the sun in that long haul. And then there's another one that's identified as the ancients called it moonstroke, lunacy. Emotional equilibrium is thrown off because of the long haul. You're just completely exhausted in the journey. And some of you may find yourself even there today. See, I think there's a travel advisory for today's dangers as well. And so you find a crazed person with a handgun and totally creates bedlam in a classroom. We've witnessed too much of that. Or there's a disease that has come and um, invaded our pharmaceutical defenses and left us crippled in pain and maybe even unto death. Or you find that there's an accident, unplanned, didn't see it coming, car accident, fall off a ladder, perhaps a sports injury, and now the best laid plans of your life have been um, disrupted and, and never will be the same again. That's what we find here, and we take precautions, but life experience teaches us that there's no safety rules or there's no insurance policy and there's no security system that is foolproof. In fact, uh, there is a truth to be held here that the psalm is speaking about, that none of us, none of us is, is safe until we're under the refuge of God's safety. That's that's the true safety, that is the longing of our heart. That's the picture that he gives to us in this psalm. We can do everything right and things still go wrong for us, but none of us is safe until we take refuge in God. So the Psalm 121 is gonna give us a picture, a pretty simple outline of the psalm as I lay it out for you and teach on it this morning, that the creator of heaven and earth is your helper, that the God of Israel is your protector, and that the God who is your keeper will keep you from all harm. So we're gonna look at these qualities of God lifted up in these songs of praise that the people of God would declare that God is our helper, our protector, and our keeper, and it was their practice to do that in unison with each other as the people of God standing and singing. You'll be glad, I'm not gonna ask you to sing, but I am gonna ask you to stand and join me in unison as we read today our study of Psalm 121. Join me. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. 
He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. What a great psalm. Have a seat. And as you do, I'll let you know that I read this psalm. Every time I go to the hospital to visit somebody, I pull out Psalm 121, and you might want to do this. In place of the word Israel, put your own personal name or somebody that you're caring for. It becomes very personal, the promises of this psalm. It also reminds us that we all need help sometimes. And it also reminds us that we are not immune from trouble. So if you have an expectation that because you're a child of God that you're immune from trouble, this psalm makes it clear, no, we have troubles as others have troubles as well. And so we step into it and understand Psalm 121 becomes very personal. In fact, when I read it, um, there's a person, Tom Stewart, some of you know Tom, who comes to mind right away. Tom's a dear friend. He's been battling cancer for several years. Psalm 121 is one of his go-to psalms in these last several years that has really spoken to him. And I uh, had the privilege to to be able to go with him to um, Israel with a group of people. And we went to Jerusalem, and it was such an amazing experience there. And I asked if he could just update a photo, and I give you a shot of where we were in this journey. There are several things I point out. You see the people. Let me call your attention, first of all, to the hills that surround. We are in the top place of Palestine. We are at the entrance to the temple court right before going into where people would worship God at the temple. But when you look around, and if we had a broader view, you would see how steep the hills are. So no matter how you approach Jerusalem, you would ascend up, which is why we call this series up. We're standing on the steps at the entrance to the Temple Mount, which were just dug out several years ago. They haven't been um, archaeologically dug out till just recently. It's a powerful thing to sit here. So we would sit here when we do these trips and we read through the Psalms of Ascent, all of those Psalms, and then we wrap up our time in prayer, which is what you're seeing here. And you can't see Tom and Colleen, but there in the middle, we've all surrounded, we're extending a hand by faith, trusting in God to be protector and helper to them in their journey. So I reached out to Tom this week and said, give us an update on uh, what's going on in your journey. And he did, and he wrote me this note, and I read it to you. He says, It's been more than four years since I was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Colleen and I placed our hope in God's faithfulness and promising new therapies said to be on the horizon. But we were at something of a crossroads last fall when my current treatment options stopped working and the doctor suggested a newly approved targeted therapy. At my next checkup, my normally reserved doctor was as giddy as we were at the results showing no sign of my cancer which remains the case today. There are still many challenges ahead and side effects to deal with, but we trust in the Psalm 121 promise we shared in Jerusalem that the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. And I love how he keeps this before him. He's actually taped Psalm 121 to his computer and he he showed it to me and I go, you just see it's torn, it's tattered. He needs it still before him because the troubles can be great. So he's got it plastered right there. Every time he opens up his computer, it's there. I wanna encourage you, as I did last week, would you memorize, not just read, pray through the Psalms this summer, but would you memorize a Psalm? 
Choose one. I've chosen Psalm 121. I know it well, but I've never just memorized it with great fluidity, so I'm in the middle of doing that now. Others are choosing other psalms. Teach it to your children. Make it a family experience, and let's go deep into the psalms this summer. You'll be blessed in that. Let's jump into the message today. So where do you find help? Where do you find help? Let's jump off the beginning from the Psalm 121. The creator of heaven and earth is your helper. That's the picture that you have. I think about the continuum of all of the options that we get to go to when we are in trouble, when we need help. And so you may go to friends because friends definitely bring some lift in the time of trouble. You may go for a walk out in nature because creation brings a lift to help you get through a moment, an hour, a day, whatever the case might be. And on that continuum, there's all kinds of things that we bring to the table, some very helpful, some less helpful. As I mentioned last week, going to Dairy Queen for a Butterfing Blizzard might be your option for 10 minutes of relief. Or you can get destructive and you can go to substances or find someone or something to relieve the tension, the trouble that you find yourself in the problems that overwhelm your life. There's a continuum of options that are before us, but here we find the psalmist reminds us, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I love this psalm and the direction that it gives to us in it because he's calling us to look beyond the mountains to the creator of those very mountains but mountains becomes an important word in the psalm. It's an object lesson. It's part of the argument. And all of us are inspired by a mountain ridge with silhouetted by a night sky. I mean, it's beautiful to take that in. Or where on earth do you find a place that inspires you as much as a mountain or mountain ranges because of its power and its majesty, of its strength? And that's the point of the psalm. The psalmist is reminding us Look beyond the mountains to the one who is the maker of the mountains because his majesty and his power and his strength will help you navigate the troubles and the realities of life's problems. That's the picture you have. And the mountains have an upward direction. Hope requires a lifted countenance, a lifted face. You think about that because when we're in trouble, we tend to, to lower our head because of the weight of the problems. We tend to, to feel shame because of the problems we go through. One of the experiences in my youth, I was 14 years of age and I got into trouble. It was probably the most trouble I got into as a kid. The specific reason behind the trouble is just none of your business. You, <laughs> you have your own gig. You can deal with your own deal. But let me just say, I got into trouble and when I had to see my mom after it had been revealed that I'd gotten into trouble, I mean, I was so scared to see her. And when I saw her and I looked at her, she said nothing, nada. She just had those piercing eyes, laser focused right at me. She needed to say nothing. And my head went down. The weight of our problems cause us just to, to be downcast, but it's the wrong direction. The psalmist is saying, eyes up. Eyes up. Just behold the Lord who is before us. No matter who we are, what we've done, he is the one who sets a path. It's the wrong direction to look down. Eyes up. So let me say something that I think is so important. You might want to capture, put it in your head and your heart. 
When you let your problems become bigger than God, you will not go to God. And you'll start to drown in your problems. And you'll become a victim of everything. But when you let God be bigger than your problems, no matter what you go through, you will go to God. And you will find help. You'll find encouragement. You will find lift, even in the hardest realities of life. So don't let your problems become bigger than God. Let God always be bigger than your problems. And we'll all come against it. Gary and I have faced that. I mean, I think most of us have. In the last two years, there's been plenty of troubles to spread around. And I'm, you know, I, if you're leading an organization, if you're leading a company, if you're leading a church or some nonprofit, whatever it might be, it has been a full court press by and large for many leaders. And I've been included, our team has been included in that here. Carrie and I personally have been included in it. And I'm gonna be just a little transparent with you. I've shared this with some friends closest in my life, but a year ago, Carrie and I put together some words, a motto to help us navigate our way forward. And I wanna share these words with you. They might be of help to you. The motto was simply head high, heart soft, feet forward. Head high, confidence in Christ. Heart soft, humility of spirit. Feet forward, strength to advance. Because our God is always a forward-moving God. Amen. He's always wanting us to move forward, not get stuck and get lost, but to turn our eyes upward toward him and let him lead us in a path of healing. He's our helper. This is what he does. He delights to do this with us and for us. So how big is your problem and challenge today? Well, you compare that to the maker of heaven and earth, and I can safely say, or you can safely say, God's got this. He's got the trouble, he's got the problem, he can deal with it because he's bigger than any problem you could ever endure. And what a gift it is to know that truth is there for us. So Psalm 121, first truth, is the promise that our creator of heaven and earth is indeed our helper. The second truth that we learn is the God of Israel is your protector. So who is protecting you? I came across this little story I found kind of enlightening. It was a story of a husband who was about to go on a trip, business trip to travel, and he prayed with his wife before he left these words. Dear God, please protect my wife and my children while I'm gone. And after he was done praying, his wife looked at him and says, who do you think protects us when you're here? It's really a good question. It's always God who is our protector. And the psalmist picks it up again. He will not let your foot slip. Now we're starting to enter into that travel advisory I shared with you earlier. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, over Joel, put your own name in there, will neither slumber nor sleep. I love this portion of the psalm. That's one of the reasons, it's one of my favorite psalms at all. You'll notice I've highlighted the word watches. Watches in the Hebrew is um, shamar. It means to watch over, to guard, to protect. And what you find in this beautiful picture here is the mindset that God is my protector. And that word shamar is repeated, watches, is repeated six times as emphasis between verses three and eight. In other words, don't miss this. 
God is my protector. 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 Say it. God is my protector. You may have to repeat that more than one time to let it take hold of your mind, your heart, and your soul. God is my protector. He's giving the point of emphasis in the psalm. Remember and never forget, God is my protector. And that's the picture you have here. You have, my friends, a personal bodyguard. I know you've watched you know, famous people with intrigue. Oh, they have a bodyguard who watches over them. This psalm is saying you have a personal bodyguard. And the bodyguard is there to watch over you. And you're coming and you're going all days. What a gift it is. By the way, his name, your bodyguard, because you're always wondering what the guy's name is or gal's name is. His name is Yahweh. That's your bodyguard. It's God himself. That's something to take hold of. You can just see where the Psalms of Ascent would bring the lift to the Spirit as people sang them. It's not just he will not let your foot slip, but also has this other incredible promise that he will watch over you, the one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He who watches over Joel, put your name there, will neither slumber nor sleep. Wow, think about that. God pulled an all-nighter for you last night. You think about God pulling an all-nighter for you. God was working for you last night while you were sleeping. He didn't let that go. God is a tireless worker. And it's important to remember this because we tend to think about the work that we're doing for God, but God is always working for us. And he's working for you personally. He's working for us in even our services. So we gather and we pray before a service together, before we launch the day, our team comes together and we pray that God would you know, bless the services and all the gatherings as though we're doing anything new. He'd been praying that all night. He'd been speaking that all night. He was tirelessly working on behalf of this service. And some of you are here today, not because you woke up and said, I can't wait to go to church today. Some of you didn't have that enthusiasm if you're really honest about it. And God would not let you stay home because he's working maybe on your attitude, on your life, or on the evil one who is giving you a spirit to say, I don't want to go, and you're here today. I had a few of those conversations after our previous services already today. And I'm reminded that God is working for us all the time. He's working in and through you, and we find great hope in that beautiful picture. And so he's working for us. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. What a picture it is. And it means to me two things. When I'm sleeping, he's not. He's not distracted. Um, he's not divided in his attention. He's focused. When I'm praying in the course of the day before the Lord, I can pray anytime because he's attending to me. I know that. I believe that. But when I'm sleeping, we have the promise that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf so that he's even working on our behalf through the requests of even the Spirit to the Father who's watching over us. I love this truth, that when I'm sleeping, he's not. And secondly, because he never sleeps, you can. This one hit me pretty hard. Another confession. I struggle with monkeys in my head. Anybody else have that weird disease of monkeys who chirp over the demands on your life and keep you up at night? And I'm reading this psalm and remembering this beautiful promise because he never sleeps, I can. Am I appropriating faith that the God watches over me, knows all of my troubles, will grant me the rest that my body needs? I was reminded of this so simply. I mean, the simple power of faith 
is really something to behold. And a few weeks ago, we had our granddaughter stay overnight, which quite honestly, we're just not accustomed to having that happen a whole lot. We've kind of gotten used to sleeping. (laughs) To have a two-year-old with you who woke up at four in the morning, upset, crying, miserable, is kind of new territory for us. Although we had four kids, I'd just forgotten it all. And it was coming back. Carrie went and got her, Charlie Grace, and brought her into our bedroom. She got into our bedroom sniffling and crying and, oh, just miserable in every way. And she saw me in the bed, and she goes, oh, papa, papa. Her mood changed immediately. Carrie set her on the bed, and she crawled over. She put her head into the little niche of my shoulder, and I'm not making this up. You can ask my wife. She's right here. (laughs) Within seconds, Charlie Grace was sleeping again. Oh, the faith of a child. And Jesus calls us to have the faith of a child that just believes that there's comfort. And I, I just watched her and took her in, and the beauty of that rest that she got so immediately and was convicted about my own monkeys, and say, oh, I want to have the faith of a child. My father watches over me, and he watches over you. And because he doesn't sleep, I can sleep. I'm going to hold that promise through Psalm 121 and encourage you to do the same thing. It's a good picture for us. It's Father's Day, and it brings a calm to us to remember that we have a father who knows all, and he watches over us. There's one more way that he protects us in this psalm, and that he watches over us always, that he is always beside us. In fact, we see it in verse 5. And we're reminded the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. And so you see this little phrase, he is the shade at your right hand. What's the significance of the right hand? Your right hand is your working hand. It's just saying whatever you're doing, he's watching over you. He's renewing you. He's refreshing you. He knows we need refreshment. And so that's one of the promises that he makes to us. It's going to be almost 100 degrees today, and I know you're very excited about it. And you're going to find if you are outside a place of shade, so you might feel cooler. Can I just tell you that If it's 100 degrees outside of the shade, it's also 100 degrees under the shade. The difference is you feel cooler. And so it is with the troubles of life. It's hot, it's uncomfortable, but there is shade, a renewal presence of the Lord that is given to us. I want you to notice one other thing here in this promise. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. This is a Hebrew idiom. It's called merism, M-E-R-I-S-M, merism. Merism is simply an expression of speech related to opposites that communicate totality. That is, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night, or anything in between. It's a picture of totality that you have in this beautiful picture. So God is your creator, who is your helper. He is the God who is your protector. And there's one final expression I don't want you to miss, that God is your keeper from all harm. He keeps you from all harm. Oh, this one strikes us as a bit odd. In fact, who is the keeper of your life from all harm? And how can that even make sense? But that's the promise. We read it this way in the psalm. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch, there it is again, over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Here you find in that last part another merism. You find this 
expression of speech that communicates how opposites um, communicate solidarity or totality of God. That is, he watches over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore, and everything in between that he is there to keep you so you can keep on keeping on. But this little statement up here, the Lord will keep you from all harm. Well, how does that make sense? Because it seems to be communicating that no bad things will happen to you, but all of us know that bad things happen and they seem to happen a lot to us in life. You have loved ones die. You get a sickness that just disrupts your life. You have a business that fails. You find yourself in a place where your children disappoint you and you disappoint your children and we disappoint each other. This is part of the life we live seemingly every day. So how can it say the Lord will keep you from all harm? Well, you have to take a step back and see the promises of God in the whole of the journey because he doesn't say we don't stub our toes, that troubles won't be part of life. Certainly, they are part of our lives. And you get this picture of standing back of the promise of God and you see how he protects you and helps you and keeps you in your life and journey from beginning to end because we are part of the Greek word is Zoe, a life that is seamless, it's eternal in the presence of the Lord. When you take a step back, Jesus himself I think, how did he sing Psalm 121 in light of the Via Della Rosa when he spit upon, he's cursed at, he's beaten profoundly, he ends up in a cross. It seems like that's a lot of hurt in my world order. And it happened to the disciples and it happens for us over and over again. You have to take a step back and see the bigger picture. And I think it's why Jesus says, um, they will kill your body, but they cannot kill your soul that there is this picture of evil having its momentary um, place where it disrupts our life, but the long leash of it is clearly something entirely different. It is being in the right hand of a mighty God and we can't be snatched out of it. He preserves us. What a beautiful reminder that we have. And so even though evil can make our lives miserable, it's a short leash in light of eternity. And Our body and our soul is safe with him now and forevermore. Nobody can take that from me. It's secured today and always. In a moment, we're gonna conclude our service with that great hymn by Martin Luther, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Because he is the one who helps us and protects us and is the one who keeps us. Before we sing that, I want to have a moment to express Happy Father's Day again. I told you about Tom Stewart and the journey that he's been on, and it's been a hard journey. And yet he is Psalm 121, and the promise of Psalm 21 has been his in the journey, and I'm so grateful that it has been. I learned that his daughter was here this week from California. He didn't know this, but I reached out to her and asked if she could speak about how she's observed the 121 promise in her dad and surprised her. So I say, sorry, Tom, you didn't know this is coming, but this is a Father's Day commendation for your life and your faith from your daughter, Annie. Take it in. Dad, you have always been my bestest buddy ever. And as the rest of our family will attest, you can hear the two of us coming from a mile away. I got my goofy sense of humor from you and definitely my very loud laugh from you. But if there is one quality or trait of yours that I aspire to have, it's your unshakable faith. 
God has always been at the center of our family growing up, but you never really know the strength of your faith until it's tested. Cancer, that'll do it. Ever since you were diagnosed with stage four lung cancer in March, 2018, we have received our share of scary and disappointing news, but through it all, you have brought God along every step of the way. And because of that, I have honestly felt such hope and a tangible sense of peace that I cannot describe any other way than God's umbrella of protection and love. From praying together as a family, reciting scripture as you're getting scans, or apparently even singing church songs in the middle of surgery, God has always been at the forefront. Thank you, Dad, for leading by example. Your strength, positive attitude, and complete trust in God is an inspiration for everyone who meets you, but especially me. Also, I should share that there has been no sign of cancer for six months and counting. So let's celebrate. Happy Father's Day, and I love you so much. It's oh, a good word for all of us. Let's be people who live the Psalm 121 promise, it matters. And if that's not part of your journey, let it begin today. And let me offer this prayer before we sing. Could I invite you to stand? So Father God, thank you for the gift of life, for being our creator of heaven and earth who helps us, the God of Israel who protects us, for being the God who is our keeper from all harm. And might we receive that and live with the boldness that you are a forward-moving God and we're part of that forward motion today and always to your honor and glory in Jesus' name.